All right, news roundup information uh, overload hour. Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. So many different issues we are now facing. Um, we're following, as we now should begin to follow closely, the races, the candidates that will be on the ballot in November. And there are certain people that I have openly endorsed for reasons that I have given, just like I endorsed Trump and 2015 and 16 and i've gotten to know the attorney general out in arizona uh mark bernovich who's going to be running against mark kelly hopefully uh, assuming he gets the nomination i think he will and that is a very very important pickup state for us uh we've got to hold pennsylvania there is a chance in new hampshire we'd have another pickup uh they're going to be spending you know tens and tens if not a hundred plus million dollars against Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. Uh, we're watching Ohio. We're watching uh, North Carolina. I think Senator Tim Scott's going to be fine in South Carolina. He's a great candidate. He's loved in his state. Uh, but the attorney general from the great state of uh, Arizona, Mark Burnovich, is with us now. I'm, I'm not sure how to characterize Arizona anymore. Used to be a red state, but it's been leaning a little purplish, bluish, uh, but I think Mark Kelly, I mean, if you vote for Mark Kelly out in Arizona, you're basically voting for Chuck Schumer because he votes with Schumer, what, 98 percent of the time? Yeah, Sean, thank you so much for having me on. And thank you, as always, for having my back. And what people need to understand is Arizona has this great Western, you know, conservative libertarian tradition. And one of the keys is we don't trust Washington, D.C. to solve problems. And as someone that grew up here, I understand that fundamentally. And people like Mark Kelly don't because they're not from Arizona. And in 2018, when I ran for reelection as AG, Tom Steyer, all these lefties, all these tech guys can't stand me for some reason, maybe because I'm always suing them, but they spent millions, more than $6 million attacking me in the last six weeks, and I still got more votes than Senator Rick Sally. So when we have candidates that are conservative, that can stand up, articulate, and defend our values, that people know aren't full of it, and they go on the offense like I've done against the Biden administration and before that Obama, we win. And it's as simple as that. I mean, there's so many different issues, and, and I've had you on the program. I won't repeat what we've discussed in the past, but I, I can't think of a single issue that we disagree on. Uh, you've been in the forefront of suing the Biden administration on numerous fronts. Uh, give us some quick updates on, on how those cases are going. Well, just... Next week, next week, February 23rd, I will be personally arguing at the U.S. Supreme Court on the public charge rule. And, Sean, you know, this is the rule that basically the Biden administration illegally withdrew that says if you're a non-citizen, you've got to be able to support yourself if you want legal status. So we think this is part of the attempt of the Biden administration to incentivize and monetize people coming here illegally. So I'll personally be arguing that case. We've also sued the Biden administration over its, his failure to build the wall. Just this last week, we issued an opinion, uh, first opinion entire country for any attorney general anywhere, saying that the Biden administration has created a border crisis, which legally constitutes an invasion pursuant to Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. And we issue that opinion, Sean, because the current crisis at our border is fueling violence and lawlessness uh, by the cartels and gangs, and not just Arizona, but all over the country. And you know, we've talked about the record amount of fentanyl and methamphetamine coming into this country and you know 
the only thing that's falling in prices are illegal drugs because of the Biden administration. But every hardworking American taxpayer is having to pay more for food and fuel and everything else. And so whether it's suing Biden over the Remain in Mexico policy, his failure to deport people, that case is the Ninth Circuit, that have deportation orders. Uh, obviously, the case I'm arguing to the U.S. Supreme Court, it's, there's just so many cases going on right now because the Biden administration, we thought at one point, wanted to abolish ICE. But what they've done is essentially abolished our southern border and let the cartels seize control of it, Sean. I call it aiding and abetting lawbreaking, and I would argue that if I was assisting people across the border illegally entering this country and I transported these people to whatever state they wanted to go to, if I did that, uh, tell me why I would not be charged with human trafficking. Well, we're, we, our office has prosecuted people for human trafficking related charges, and obviously it's, it's a serious issue. Unfortunately, in the 90s, last time there was a surge in illegal immigration, the Supreme Court had issued cases saying essentially the states couldn't use or couldn't enforce immigration laws. And so it sometimes gets tricky with how we prosecute those cases. And one of the things that we lay out in our opinion is that as long as states are enforcing criminal law, a governor can indeed declare that there is an invasion and then use whether it's the National Guard or other law enforcement resources to deter, catch, and expel people um, that are involved in human smuggling, drug smuggling, and gang activity. So there are additional tools in the toolboxes, and I do think, and we actually have you know, we're looking into some of the tech companies that we think may be facilitating through what their, some of their practices online may be to facilitate human trafficking. So it's something that we're obviously looking into, and we're trying to use every tool in our toolbox, whether it's criminal or civil, to try to solve the problem that the Biden administration created. You know, I've, I've been watching the inflation. I want to get your thoughts on the economy. And uh, I think a lot of the 40-year high inflation is directly related to Biden economic and energy policies. And very specifically, I mean, he, Joe Biden has reduced the supply of energy in the world market. It's the lifeblood of the world's economy. I, I, I cannot fathom why he gave a waiver for Nord Stream 2, the pipeline for Vladimir Putin, while simultaneously firing uh, so many workers in the energy sector all across the country. These are high-paying career jobs for people and wiped it out. He, he wiped out the energy independence that Donald Trump achieved in the first time in 75 years. He wiped out America being a net exporter of energy. Uh, so now we see the result of all of this. You know, people are paying close to a buck fifty more a gallon for gasoline. We're paying a fortune more to heat and cool our homes. Uh, we're paying a fortune for every single product that we buy at every single store we go to because it costs more to, to ship it there, to truck it there. And so everybody's, you know, suffering under all of this. And the answer is 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 obvious, but I don't think Biden has it within him to take on his radical, you know, cult of climate change that now dominates the, the Democratic Party. Exactly, Sean. And let's not forget, when the Soviet Union collapsed, communism didn't die. All those people just ended up in the environmental movement. 
And so much of what we're seeing now with progressive policies is an attempt to basically run our lives and make us dependent on central authority. And you know, this issue is near and dear to me because, you know, my parents lived through World War II, they lived through communism, and any government that's big enough to give you everything is big enough to take it away, as Barry Goldwater used to say. And so what the Biden administration, the progressive left is doing, is they want people dependent on central government, and we were energy independent. President Trump did make us energy independent, and then what the Biden administration, by canceling pipeline projects, by making it harder for people to explore and drill for, for oil and natural gas, they now, we no longer are in the position we were, and that affects our national security. And, you know, just as a quick aside, this is an issue where I'm not some Johnny-come-lately. I literally, when I was at the Goldwater Institute, you know, back in 2004, I, I wrote an essay in National Review about how the federal government is the problem when it comes to energy independence because of gas taxes that are used to, you know, that have outlived their usefulness that are basically used to fund pork barrel projects and that you have all these federal mandates from the EPA and all these restrictions on drilling and exploration. The feds caused the problem, Sean, and President Trump, through deregulation and through allowing people to, you know, build pipelines and, you know, explore for, you know, natural gas and oil, made us energy independent, and that's why prices were so, so they were falling and they were lower. And anybody, I'm a middle-class kid, anybody that's gone to the grocery store, whether you're buying milk, whether you're trying to save for your kid's college, or whether you're putting gas in your car, everyone knows that something is broke with our economy, and I think there's a lot of people. If you go to the grocery store, you talk to your postal carriers, talk to my mom's friends from church, they are all worried that another shoe's going to drop, and it will drop unless we make sure that we have a Senate that understands federalism, and we have a president that understands that we don't want the federal government socializing our economy and nationalizing our elections. I don't know what the federal gas tax is now. I think it was close to 20 cents or 18 and a half uh, cents per gallon of gasoline. And then you have a state like New York that piles on top of that. And then you have localities that pile on top of that out in California, not far from where you are. I mean, they're paying, you know, upwards of, of five, nearly six bucks a gallon for gasoline, for crying out loud. Now, who does that disproportionately negatively impact but the poor and the middle class in this country? The very people Biden said he has the most compassion for. He kept saying, well, there's only going to be tax uh, cuts uh, for poor people and we're going to we're going to milk the rich. Well, he's killing the middle class in this country and he's killing poor people in this country because they cannot afford the inflation tax that Biden has now put on him, put on everybody because of his policies. And, And there's no hope of him undoing it. It's like the, I don't expect the Bill Clinton, the era of big government is over and the end of welfare as we know it moment from him. Yeah. Remember, the gas tax was originally enacted in 1956 to support construction of the interstate highway system. And frankly, it's outlived its usefulness. And as you said, it's now being used by the progressive left to redistribute wealth and fund their pet projects and to increase the power of government. And people in D.C. know you know, the disrespect, you know, Chuck Schumer and Cartel Kelly, they love it because then they get to, you know, support various pork barrel projects and, you know, they were supporting bridges to nowhere or paying for, you know, bike paths in Rhode Island. If you're an Arizona taxpayer, why, why should that be? And so clearly the left uses our tax system, whether it's the gas tax or other taxes, to redistribute wealth and basically engage in crony capitalism where they pick winners and losers in the marketplace. And this is why you even see some of these big corporations 
schools now that are kowtowing to the left and they're all woke and they're trying to basically, you know, feed the alligator and hopes he eats them last. Yeah, well, we'll see. All right, quick break. More with now Senate candidate, the Attorney General, great state of Arizona, Mark Burnovich with us. This is an important pickup state for the Republicans if they're going to take back the Senate. All right, as we continue, Senate candidate, now Attorney General of the great state of Arizona, seeking the Republican nomination for the Senate, Mark Burnovich is with us. Let's talk about this, the Senate race out there. Uh, okay, so it's going to be Mark Kelly. Um, first, let me get the what is the reaction of Kristen Cinema been since she has stood up to the Biden administration? I, I've got to imagine, knowing the independent streak among people in Arizona, that they probably like it. Am I wrong? I think they like it, Sean. I know they like it. And here's the thing, though, that we need to keep in context is Kirsten Cinema, you know, 15 years ago was a socialist. I mean, she called herself a socialist. She's still in favor of trillions of dollars of spending we don't have. And yet, yet she now is too moderate for the Democratic Party. And so she's standing up to Chuck Schumer, but Cartel Kelly won't. And I think Arizonans appreciate they appreciate that. But literally, if you turn on your TV here in Arizona, the left is running commercials attacking her. And that's how and how crazy today's Democratic parties become. This is not the party of John F. Kennedy. And it's it's gone so far left that even Kirsten Sinema now is considered too moderate for the Democratic Party. And I think it just shows you how, to, how out of touch the elites in D.C. are and how out of touch someone like Mark Kelly is. Because I don't know if he's getting advice from a spaceship or something because he was an astronaut, but it makes no sense at all to me as someone that grew up here, a middle-class kid, that why would you be currying favor with Chuck Schumer and supporting policies that encourage crime and law just encourage disorder, encourages chaos at our southern border, makes our communities less safe, that makes people's take-home pay less, that we have record, we're on this track to having uh, record inflation. Why would any Arizonan, yet alone someone in Massachusetts, support those kind of policies? Yeah, no, you've done unbelievable out there, and uh, I think this is going to get very interesting. I know you're leading in the polls uh, but you never know. People in primaries, uh, you know, things go sideways. I think it's pretty certain now that Ducey, the governor, is not getting into the, the Senate race, uh, which I'm glad, to be very frank. Uh, I think you're a better candidate. And and certainly, I think the people of Arizona would appreciate the difference and not having a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer. I mean, for everybody that's out in Arizona, know this. If you elect Mark Kelly, you're electing Chuck Schumer because he votes with Schumer almost all the time. Uh, Mark Bernovich, thanks for being with us. And uh, if people want to learn more about your positions, what's your website again that nobody can remember? Uh, BernoForAZ.com. But remember, Sean, we call it the handy caveat. If people also go to MarkBForAZ.com, if they put that in, that'll direct them to BernoForAZ.com. B-R-N-O-F-O-R-A-Z.com. I, I, I cannot believe you made the worst website name, domain name, of any Senate candidate in history. You're supposed to make it easy, like Herschel Walker, I think, has Team Herschel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not a politician, Sean. That's the problem, you know? And, and, that's that, you well, know, that's a good thing. Outsiders, are, to me, are the, are the future of fixing the country. So uh, we appreciate you being with us. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Mark Bernovich, uh, Attorney General, Arizona, also running for the Republican nomination. Quick break, right back.
accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, so we have this scandal, the this tidbits of information from John Durham, and it's it's pretty blockbuster, though there's a big collective yawn from a media that lo- lacks all curiosity if it's anything that's not Trump-related. I mean, it's really sick. We are now discovering spied on Donald Trump, the candidate, and Donald Trump, the president. And they tried to set this up as as an, an orchestrated effort to create an impression that, in fact, Donald Trump was somehow the, they hired this tech uh, firm. They pay this lawyer. He hires a tech firm to infiltrate the servers at Trump Tower and the Trump White House. And people say, well, there's no indication they did anything nefarious. Why would they have any spying going on? That's called spying. Infiltrating is spying. Well, we're only looking for IP addresses. Okay. And why should we believe you? Especially knowing what we know now about Durham, especially what we know with the Durham uh, Sussman uh, information that he put out on Friday. Uh, Why wouldn't we think the worst? If the idea is to create an image to infiltrate and create a, a narrative that Donald Trump is connected to Russia when he's not, that is completely consistent with what we already knew about Hillary's dirty Russian dossier. All again to distract from her own email scandal and bleach pit and hammers and removing SIM cards, all things that we on this program talked about at length. Now, the Daily Mail caught up with Hillary Clinton earlier today and asked, tried to ask her a question. She won't answer. Listen. Hillary, Laura Collins, Daily Mail, did you pay to spy on the Trump campaign? When are you going to comment on the spying allegations, Hillary? Did you pay for the having spied on? Well, Karine Jean-Pierre, filling in for Jen Psaki, Deputy White House Press Secretary, was asked about this very question on the Durham probe. And, of course, you know, crickets. Listen. Um, second topic, this news about uh, the Durham investigation. Um, does the president have any concerns about a candidate for president uh, using computer experts to infiltrate computer systems um, of competing candidates or even the president-elect to you for the goal of creating a narrative? Is that something that... That's something I can't speak to from this podium, so I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Is, is what was described in that report monitoring internet traffic, is, is that spying? Again, I can't speak to that report. You, I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Generally speaking, that with monitoring internet traffic, Jackie, I, change. I refer you to Department of Justice. I can't speak to that from here. Oh, okay, I can't speak to that from here. Uh, Curtis is in the great state of Arizona where Mark Bernovich is. Uh, are you uh, going to vote for Bernovich? Oh, yeah. Uh, all the way, Mark Bernovich. We need some uh, solid support in Arizona at that level for sure. He's strong. He's tough. He gets things done. He's he's constantly taking on Biden, his administration, for its lawlessness. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, and he's a solid conservative. Uh, anyway, yeah, what's did. on your mind? Glad you called, Curtis. Hey, thanks, John, for having me. Um, the reason I was calling is I wanted to chime in on uh, Ron Johnson's, uh, what he refers to as the COVID cartel. 
Um, my wife, Tammy, uh, a 59-year-old, healthy, no drug, no tobacco, no alcohol, athletic, loving mother, incredible grandmother, uh, passed away on the 20th of this year. Um, and the oh, way we no. were treated at the local hospital uh, was completely when different. Pa- when did she pass away the, this past month? The, the 20th of January. I'm oh. calling you to say that people in America need to know that they need a plan. We're, we're, we're uh, adults, middle, upper middle class. We, we have insurance. We do just fine. We didn't choose to, we, we're not anti-vax. We were um, healthy. We had had COVID. So we felt like uh, based on the news reports that Omicron and all that stuff was a pretty light deal that it wasn't going to affect us. We, we bumped into Omicron over the Christmas holiday. Four or five days later, we were both doing well. Because we didn't have a primary physician, uh, about 10 days into January or five days into January, she was struggling. Uh, we went to the emergency room. They did a COVID test in the emergency room. The emergency room nurse told us it was negative, but they were going to get us a room for her pneumonia because they wanted to treat her pneumonia. They took us to the COVID floor and all hell broke loose. They completely isolated us from me, from her. Security had to have me removed because I just simply wanted answers to questions about her treatment. They wouldn't give it to us. Uh, they said I was combative. I had to fight to get back in. Only an hour a day can you be with one of these people. She was scared, but she needed treatment. They intubated her three days later as a proactive approach to help her lungs. This is so out of control. They had 14 days with her, 20 different nurses rotating, Sean. Not one hardly nurse that was regular. They were from Germany, India, Spain, uh, Nigeria. Not that those are bad people or anything, but none of them, when I asked, can you tell me what's going on with my wife? They would say, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about it. I'm a rotating nurse. There were no doctors that could support us. They, we told them we didn't want the remdesivir treatment because we, we didn't have any good evidence that it was supporting anything. I don't know what she's been giving. We've, I've contacted a forensic autopsy people. I've got toxicology programs in place right now to try and uncover what happened to her. But Americans need a plan. They will take power of attorney medically from you. They will isolate you. This cartel of media, government, and big pharma are not uh, taking care of Americans the way they should be. And my wife would be alive today, I believe, if she had the leverage and the, and the wherewithal to be able to have the treatment that some of the most elite people get. When we asked for monoclonal antibody, Sean, they told us the government had rationed them on d- d- January 3rd. We were there on January 6th. They said she doesn't qualify. They wouldn't give them to her, yet five floors below, they said she, in the hospital, that she had a negative test. But all of a sudden, they were trying to treat her as if she had COVID. They, I've never gotten a positive COVID test from that place yet. Never. This is a scandal beyond. And, and Ron Johnson is the only senator right now doing anything about this to help bring uh, awareness to this COVID cartel that is taking the lives of good quote, human beings. She was a loving human being with no ailments. No, She was healthy, athletic, sexy beautiful woman and today she's not here because of that i want americans to know and you have a platform to be able to help get this out so i thank you for giving me a few minutes to say that what was your wife's name her name was tammy okay let me let me let me just say my heart breaks for you i hear the pain in your voice you know, I, 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 I get it. I understand. I've lost loved ones. And what you are saying is happening all over the country. And that is, yes, is. that we have therapeutics 
And and by the way, you you got this at exactly the wrong time in in this sense. Up to just before Christmas, there was no problem that I ever had directing people that would you know people would call the show and because they know I talk about it regularly. What's that thing Hannity says to do? Ask your doctor about what and monoclonal antibodies for Delta. The best monoclonals were were Regeneron and Eli Lilly. Um, for Omicron, yep. which is probably what your your the variant that your yep. wife had at that time, After, once Christmas came, we ran out of tests. Once Christmas came, we ran out of monoclonal antibodies. They then then they said, well, Regeneron, Eli Lilly are not the best, uh, do not work the best on Omicron, but GSK Citrovimab is the best monoclonal antibody. They weren't ready. Biden even said the words we had we didn't see this coming. She said that. Why after Delta, he didn't know another variant is coming is inexplicable. They didn't have the antivirals that these people talk about. And the what you are describing is so familiar to me. It is why I have taken I have made a decision to spend a lot of time airtime on this show to make sure everyone in this audience, at least because nobody else really talks about it understands that they need that plan i i hope everybody hears the pain in, in curtis's voice because he lost his beautiful wife tammy and the plan has got to be what are you going to do if you test positive that's what the question is the answer is you're immediately going to call your doctor and you're going to ask your doctor important smart questions based on knowledge and based on science and the first question is okay i know that they tell us Omicron is not as lethal as, as some of the other variants, which is true, but we lost over half a million people worldwide to Omicron. So, you know what? It's it's far from your average little virus here. It is, it's become a serious killer. We, we have yet to determine what the super version, this new variant of Omicron, is going to do. We know it's more contagious than the previous one, which was the most contagious to date. And the first question people that need to ask the doctors is, is if they qualify for monoclonal antibodies, then you're going to have to begin a search to find them. That's why it's better to talk to your doctor before you get a positive test. And I'm so sorry this happened to you, but I will tell you what's happening around the country. And I'm speaking through you because we're losing way too many Tammies in, in this world that we, we can save. Everybody I know that gets monoclonal antibodies vaccinated breakthrough cases fully vaccinated people with boosters with natural immunity they're all getting it in the case of both you guys both had it previously i know more people that have had it twice now than i can shake a stick at so but 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 the problem is they say okay go home and check your oxygen levels uh take your temperature if you get a fever take two tylenol if your oxygen drops to 90 or below you better get to an emergency room now, that's going to happen on either usually day seven, maybe sometimes day six, but usually day seven and then day eight and nine. It's going to happen in that, you know, six to 10 day being infected with COVID area. By the time you your oxygen goes to 90, you are at 97 the whole week. Then it goes to 90. Then it's 88. Then it's 84. Then it's 82. And then you might, you know, if it's really bad, you're going to head down to the 70s and 60s and, and even worse. And the problem is, is now you're, the damage is done. This is why I support proactive medicine. 
There's not a single person, and I know this doesn't comfort you, Curtis, but but this discussion and people hearing about your loss, you know, might alert people to the seriousness of being proactive with your doctor. Uh, now that everybody vaccinated, boosted, natural immunity are all getting it, as well as unvaccinated people, you got to have a plan. And you have to have a plan. And the hospitals aren't going to there. Nope. Those guys are under the, the policies and protocols. They operate based on procedures and insurance codes. They don't know the name of the person that they're actually treating. They're a house plant half the time in that room, isolated in the dark and only get one hour visitation. And when you come, the doctors are never available. The, the, uh, the, uh, the drugs that they, you want to talk to them about, they won't uh, explain what they do or how they do them. They just say that it's what's called for for the protocol. The nurses flat out, as much as they're good people and kind and loving and want to serve, they say, the, I can only fill orders. I don't know what's going on. Well, I, I know of nurses that, that are whispering in, in, in patients' ears and whispering to their spouses what to do. They're yeah. telling them yes. because they know what works because they're dealing with this crap every day. And well, we got to get a handle on it up front because the, the well, they, cartel, as Senator Johnson says, these guys control the media, the misinformation up front. This is, a, you know, easy to deal with. Like these you are unnecessary. Listen, in the, I'm not saying I know everything about your wife's case, but there are yeah. needless deaths occurring. And we're oh, not one. We, we are not serving people medically the way they deserve to be treated. I mean, you can't believe, you know, all of a sudden people are getting nowhere. I said. Hi, this is Sean Hannity from Fox News. Can I talk to Dr. So-and-so? And then all of a sudden, now now that the alarm bells start going off in their head that they're going to get bad press, so they'll take my call. It shouldn't take somebody that is in the news business, and I'm not calling in, in my professional capacity. I'm calling to, to help a friend, a relative, a stranger, a friend of a friend, a friend of a friend's grandmother. I mean, and I'm, then I say, what's the name of your administrator? And I ask those questions, and then all of a sudden, they usually find the uh, monoclonal antibodies that they are rationing. It, it is beyond nauseating to me. Everybody should be treated with the same dignity, uh, regardless of of any status in life. It's just it's it's insane. Well, uh, I, I really pray for you. I'm you... so sorry about your loss. Um, well, thank you for letting and... me talk about it. I, I, am, I, I don't. I don't know what to say except that it's happening way too often, and we have. I know your. I can hear your heart is broken. I'm. I'm praying for you and your family, and that God will somehow heal the, this hole in your heart. And uh, we're praying for you.